0: the holy gospel according to john in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god all things came into being through him and without him not one thing came into being what has come into being in him was life which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become the children of God, were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks Who has made him known. That is for sure the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated there. Now, there are a couple of things that we can say about this text, there are a couple of places we can grab hold of it, and we can apply it to ourselves. Let's start, first of all, with that term word, because in Greek the term is logos. We get things like theology and such from that, and all kinds of the other ologies. So this word is what John is talking about. This word is not only God God revealing himself to us, telling us things about him. But this word is God coming to us. Which could take us right back to Christmas and the theme of Emmanuel. Because that's the theme of Christmas. God is with us. So this word, this son of God, who is God, who was present at creation. All kinds of learned things there. Powerful things. This word became flesh. In other words, became human. So from now on, from Epiphany onward, actually, until we get close to the time of the crucifixion again, we're going to see a savior who came in that, that pathetic little manger in Bethlehem and who was a lowly, humble person and who ate and drank with sinners and tax collectors and all these things who was found with the lowest and the poorest and the sickest and the most uninteresting people like us. And he's the very son of God. He's with the Father there at creation and as creation continues today. And then there's one place in this this powerful opening section of John's gospel that is where I'd really like to take us this morning because that's where I would always find myself when I read these words. Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. I guess if we, if I had known this all along. I was going to preach this morning. I'd tell sure, hey, look up this little light, this little gospel light of mine. We're going to let it shine. But that's that's, that's a later song because Jesus is the first light that shines in the darkness. It's not proper etiquette for a pastor to preach about what he read in the Sunday paper because then everyone knows he hasn't done any preparation until Sunday morning. But you know that's what I have not done. But I have read the Sunday paper. And there is an editorial in there from someone, I think it's from Vancouver Tribune or something, about all of the discord and all of the dissension and the hatred and the dividing up that is a reality in our society today. It's there, and it's not related to a particular group of people. I think all of us, we've just, as a country, we've just become mean and ornery and and joined our own camps, and we refuse to listen to anyone from someplace else. It's a mean place we live in today. It really is. It's a mean world, actually, not just our country. There is a place across the parking lot from us called the hospice house where I had spent a lot of eight years of my time, my ministry. One thing is true there. When the darkness is most dark, when life is most difficult, when there seems to be no way out, when it is so hard we have no way we possibly can imagine getting through it, that's where we look for the light. And the light always shines. And in fact, the darkest it gets if all the power went out so we didn't have all these street lights and everything around, My goodness, just one of these two candles behind me would light a powerful light in that darkness. And that's the way John wants us to take his words here. He wants us to know that when it is darkest, when it is the hardest, when we are so completely overwhelmed, That's where Jesus, the light, shines and the darkness does not overcome it. It Never has and it never will. It's absurd, of course. It's absolute foolishness because, in fact, Paul later on calls the cross foolishness, doesn't he? And yet it's true. So we're really celebrating this morning just a little piece of Christmas yet. And of course, tomorrow is Epiphany and, and really, that's the 12th day of Christmas. That's when we should take down the tree. Oh my goodness, ever has a Christmas tree up yet the, on the fifth day of January, <coughs> especially if it's a real tree like ours. My goodness, last weekend, ours was, was uh, dying in front of us already, so we took it out mercifully. The light. Shines in the darkness. I'm not one for making New Year resolutions. I hope you're not either, really, because they're all usually just a bunch of fluff and empty promises. Uh, But instead of doing that, let's take God's word with us into this new year not ours saying i will i will that's that's doomed to failure but god's word says i have and i'm still doing it i'm shining in the darkness and let's hold on to that promise that our god shines in the darkness of our life right now and as long as he gives us new days. And that truly is the gospel of our Lord. I forgot to pray my prayer at the beginning of this little message. I like to pray it before and after we hear God's word, so I'm going to pray it now. Come, O Lord, and be with us. Teach us your word. Give strength for our journey. And grant us peace. Let's stand to sing, if we.